Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin.
And do please keep Miss uh, Ginger in prayer and her husband Larry and uh, her family, uh, kids and, and the grandkids as well. Please keep them in prayer. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. We're going to be looking at uh, one particular verse in the book of Psalms. And the title of the message comes directly out of that psalm, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And reading from Psalm 33 and verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Let's pray, please. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can gather here together as your people to worship you, to sing to your honor, to proclaim your truth, your mercy, your love, your compassion, your patience, Lord, your goodness to us. And we thank you that we do, in fact, live in a country that has been so blessed where we still have the freedom to worship, to gather together as your people, to study your word. Lord, we thank you for the freedoms that you have blessed us with. And we pray that as your children, we would not take those for granted. As we study your word today, we pray, Father, be our teacher. For your Holy Spirit, to the honor of the Lord Jesus, and to the benefit of your people, your kingdom. And again, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we look at this one little verse, and there's so much packed in in the Bible and then just in one little verse there's just so much there but what does it mean to be blessed blessed and, and there are many different words that are used in the Bible both in the in the Old Testament and in, in the New Testament to describe uh, being blessed and, and the word used here is the word Asher Asher and notice the definition there, the condition of those who submit themselves to God in humble devotion to Him. And so turn to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, because it gives us a description. And it makes a distinction between those who are blessed and those who aren't blessed. Psalm 1, beginning at verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. 
Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And although specifically this psalm begins with blessed is the man or the person, it can also be applied to a nation as we turn back to Psalm 33 and verse 12. The condition of those who submit themselves to God in humble devotion to him. In the Bible, or through his word, God promises to those who will submit and, and, and humbly devote their lives to him. The shalom of God, the peace of God. A peace that the world cannot give. It is a lasting peace. It is a peace that comes as a, as a, a result of a relationship with God. You see, the soul or the person that is that has not experienced the forgiveness of God cannot know the peace of God unless they are willing to admit that they need God and that they're a sinner and that God has made a provision for their forgiveness. And what applies to an individual also applies to a nation. We must acknowledge God to know the peace of God. And then notice life. The blessing of life. God didn't have to create us. There are some people out there that say, well, you know, God was lonely. No, he wasn't. God was not lonely. God is self-sufficient. He is complete. And he is perfect. Absolutely perfect. In spite of the fact that scientists like to say there are no absolutes, well, they're wrong. God is absolutely perfect. He is absolutely holy. He is absolutely pure. Ah, but he is absolutely kind and loving and compassionate and merciful and caring and good. Yes, our God is absolutely wonderful. And he has blessed us with life. He chose to create everything that is in existence and then to create us and give it to us. How wonderful God is. He has provided every necessity for a full and meaningful life. A life of purpose, a life of beauty, a life that shines and brings honor and glory to him. He's provided it all. All. Because he is a loving God. And when you stop to consider the United States of America, God has blessed this nation. And he has blessed the rest of the world as a result of blessing this nation. 
Now, when we were reading, um, uh, singing America the Beautiful, I was, as, re as we read through the various lyrics, I believe it was the third verse that said, you know, God bless America, right? And mend thine every flaw. There is no perfect nation in the world. Our nation isn't perfect. And yes, just like we have many flaws, our nation has many flaws. But God doesn't want us to beat up on ourselves individually, no. But he does want us to be honest and to confess our flaws and our faults. And our nation should do that as well. Now notice, as we move on to point number two, the nation. Now the specific context of, of this psalm is with respect to the nation Israel. Israel. And make no mistake about it, we mentioned this before, Israel is Israel. And the church is the church. Just as the United States of America is the United States of America. But we have people from all over the world who live here in these wonderful United States of America. But this specific context refers to the nation of Israel. They were given the laws. By God's grace, he gave them ceremonial laws to follow and also laws governing the social order because his people are to be a well-governed people, honorable people. Then there's a general application of this truth, and, and that's how the Bible is. There's a, a specific context, and then there's a general application because the truth applies to every nation. Because the scripture teaches that the whole entire earth belongs to God in every nation and every person within every nation belongs to him. But the condition is submission and devotion. That was the condition for Israel. They were to, to submit and be devoted to God. And every other nation was to Submit and be devoted to God. We, we mentioned about uh, Jonah. You'll recall Jonah the prophet. He was, he was sent to Nineveh. Now, you may not realize it, but Nineveh was filled with people called Assyrians. And in the history of the human race, they were some of the most brutal, cruel people. And so when Jonah got the word from the Lord that he was to go to, to Nineveh and preach to them, he said, no, I'm not going. I am not going to Nineveh because he wanted those people to be judged. So he caught a ship, right, going in the opposite direction. And you know the story. Right? They had to throw him overboard. He was swallowed. And in three days in, that, in the belly of the whale or the great fish, whatever it was, he prayed, and he was spit out on the shore, and he made his way to Nineveh, and he preached, and guess what? All the people repented. 
Because God has a right. He has the right to forgive whosoever. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. But then our context, the USA, the grand old USA. You know, we could have been born in any other country, and, we, and, and some were, but chose to come here. Why? Because it's the land of opportunity. It is the land of liberty, the land of freedom. The land where, in fact, you can realize your dreams. Now, when was the last time you read the Constitution? When was the last time you read the Declaration of Independence? I happen to have a copy of both right here. Now, you need to understand, well, let me read first, and then you'll, <laughs> I'll make the point. Because no doubt, um, this will be familiar to you. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever, that whenever, pardon me, any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles, and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. Now, it goes on and on. So was that the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence? That was a question now. That's the Declaration of Independence. Because some of our political leaders speak, they say they are quoting the Constitution when in fact they're actually quoting the Declaration of Independence. You understand? We have political leaders now, today, who don't know the difference between the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence was written first 
But notice, there are those who say that it doesn't, that our, that our founding documents don't, don't mention God. Well, what did I just read? I read the Declaration of Independence, which, which recognizes and states very clearly self-evident, it said is, it's self-evident that we are all created equal by our creator. And also makes mention of the laws of nature, that is of the natural order and nature's God. You understand? Our founding fathers and mothers, the families who established this country, believed in God. And I could go on and on and on. Then a few years later, as they were struggling to write the Constitution or to agree on the Constitution, which is also in here, but much too long to read, when they couldn't agree, they said, you know what? It was Benjamin Franklin said, we, we, we need to take a break. Let's go and pray. And they went to this little church and they prayed. And they prayed for God's divine guidance. And they went back and they came to the agreement, the Constitution that we now have. And I'll, I'll just read one last uh, thing here. It's quite, uh, quite interesting. I find it. So, Benjamin Franklin was asked, well, what have we done here? And he said, we've given you a republic if you can keep it. because it, it requires work. But you see, they also recognized that it required being submitted and devoted to God. If a nation is to be blessed, it must be submitted and devoted to God. Now I have Genesis there, and that's where God speaks to Abraham, and he says that all the nations of the world will be blessed. That's the promise he gave to Abraham. Then over in Isaiah, where the Lord declares that his desire is to bless the Gentile nations through his Son, who is the light of the Gentiles. Because he is the light of the world. We're moving on. We're just about out of time. Whose God is the Lord. Notice, blessed peace, protection, life, salvation, provision is that nation and then whose God is the Lord. There is only one God. The acknowledgement and acceptance of the following. His person. He alone is God. There is no other God. There is but one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's revealed himself in that way. And his authority. He is the sovereign over all creation. All creation. His provision. Everything, as we've mentioned before, in all of creation, he's created and given to us to bless our lives and his desires. 
his desires, his will for his creation is found in his word. And we've mentioned on Wednesday that no one individual knows God's will perfectly. Only God knows it perfectly. Because there's so much to God's will that is just so far beyond us. But yet, what we do know and what we do understand, we ought to make real in our lives. And his desire is that we all come to know him. Every nation and individual is responsible for all of the above. And then, the fourth point here, a holy nation. You see, not just individual nations, but over in the, in the book of First Peter, we are called a chosen people, holy and set apart. We are a nation of priesthoods. We belong to a royal priesthood, a nation made up of people from all walks and cultures in life. And we are a special people who are to proclaim the praise of God. That is what we're to do. We are to praise our God. Every opportunity. And so what do we learn from all of these passages? A blessed nation is one that submits to God in humble devotion. And like Israel, the USA has been blessed by God's grace. And we've been blessed by men and women who are willing to put on a uniform and to give their life that their fellow countrymen might live in a land that is free. And other men and women who put on the uniform as a police officer or fireman the first responder, whatever the case might be, EMT and all of those. We're so blessed in this nation that we have so many people who are willing to serve. And they wear that title, public servant, proudly. Not, not with arrogance, but with a sense that they are serving. They are helping and making a positive difference. And as Christians, our ultimate citizenship is in heaven, not just here upon the earth. We are to be making a heavenly difference in the lives of people down here on earth. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. We have so much to be grateful for to our God. Amen? Amen. For the freedoms and the blessing of life. Let's stand, please. We're going to sing... I have decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. You can. You can come to Him. Walk down this aisle. Or maybe to join the church or to, to be baptized. Come down the aisle as we sing. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. 
Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.